0: Miles don't seem quite as long when your friends are by your side. sounds like one of those corny, motivational posters you see in classrooms and gyms. But for today's guest, having a running partner who goes the extra mile takes on a whole new meaning.
1: I had this feeling of, wow, this is going to happen, and I can't believe it. And then you feel, wow, how do I ever say thank you? How do I ever repay this? You You can't believe that somebody will step up like that and donate in Oregon.
0: That's Tracy Wingo, a runner and kidney transplant recipient. She's joined by her fellow runner and living donor, Courtney Bullock. I'm Sarah-Jane Castro, director of marketing and communications for the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois and your host for this edition of The Journey Continues. Hi, Tracy and Courtney, thank you so much for joining us. So I want to get a little history about your running careers. Tracy, how long have you been a runner?
1: I have been running for about 12 years now. I started after I had my first child. Actually, so it's been longer than that because he's 17. So I've been running for almost 17 years now.
0: What did running mean to you?
1: Running to me was a couple different things. One, it was time for me to be alone. I was able to leave the kids at home with dad and just get out on the road and spend some time just kind of being by myself and not having all the chaos around me. And then it was also a challenge. It was overcoming uncomfortable moments and just learning how to push through discomfort.
0: And speaking of discomfort, you were diagnosed with kidney disease. So can you tell us a little about what happened?
1: So just going back, I was diagnosed in 2016, July of 2016. It's one of those times that you never forget. Leading up to that, though, I was training for some marathons and working to Boston qualify. So I was running some pretty hard, fast races, and I would have some pitting edema in my legs, and I, I didn't really know what that meant. I just thought it was maybe from impact. and Always have always been healthy, never been sick, other than an occasional cold or the flu. So I went in in 2016, and I was just getting a checkup done. I was actually at a woman's doctor, and I said, well, I'd love to just know what my hormone levels are. And while you're there, can you just go ahead and pull a full panel? She said, absolutely. I'm sure you're healthy. So I'll never forget, we were on vacation in Mexico, and I got this call from the doctor, and she said, You know, this looks good, this looks good, but there's something going on with your kidneys, and your kidney function is showing that it's about 26% right now. And she said, So I'd like to refer you to a nephrologist as soon as possible. So I came back from Mexico and was immediately sent to the nephrologist who did a full workup, and that included the kidney biopsy. And in the results, it showed that I have IgA nephropathy. So yes, that's where it all started.
0: And what is IgA nephropathy for those who haven't uh, heard of that
1: before? It is a um, autoimmune disease and it's um, this immunoglobulin A is, I guess it's a protein. And for some reason, my body connects these proteins and they link up and become chains. And then they go to filter through the kidneys and they get stuck in the little glomeruli. I'm sure there's a lot more medical terms that are associated with this. And then they cause damage. They start setting up inflammation, which then causes um, damage to your kidneys. And a lot of people don't know they have it until it's too late. And I was very fortunate that we caught it when we caught it because it did buy me a little bit of time. But ultimately, it did lead to a kidney transplant.
0: Did you know anything about kidney disease before this diagnosis? Had anyone in your family been
1: diagnosed before? No, Sarah, I did not. And that's been part of this journey is just, first of all, learning what all your kidneys do and how much they control um, within your body. I didn't know anybody with kidney disease, much less transplants. This was all new to me.
0: How did that news affect your self-image, affect your outlook and your running, all of those things that you sort of knew about yourself?
1: First of all, when when I found out about the diagnosis, I at first you don't know how bad it it, and I say bad, you don't know the road, the path that you're about to go down. And so when I first found out, I thought, well we'll figure this out. It'll be okay. And then you find out that there's no cure for this. And then they started with a treatment that was high doses of steroids, prednisone, 60 milligrams a day. And you take that. And I kept thinking, okay, I can just keep living life and just take the medicine that they tell me to take and um, eat healthy. And so that's what I started to do. And I just kept running, and I did an ultra marathon in 2018, which was my first ultra marathon, while taking these um, immunosuppressive type drugs, and it was hard, and it mentally it was a challenge because those who have been on high doses of prednisone know what it does to you and and how it makes you feel and how it makes you look, and so you fight with those kind of issues, and so it was it was really hard to hear that the kidney disease was not something I could just cure.
0: Some of the things you mentioned with prednisone, I know that's like a puffy face or like you could have some swelling, some some other sort of things. And that can really affect how you feel when you look in the mirror and you don't quite recognize yourself, I'm sure.
1: You're so right. Yes. It, it messes with sleep. You have high levels of insomnia, so you can't sleep. Um, you're shaky. Yes. You have the the moon face or the puffy face, everything just feels puffy.
0: Where did you turn for support when your things are kind of turned a little upside down?
1: So I utilized family a lot and I utilized running. I think that made me feel, it gave me some sort of normalcy within my life because that's what I just knew to do was to run. And then my friends were so supportive. People like Courtney who were in, in the running community with me, we'd meet out on the trails and go for runs. And, and I know that there were times where I just didn't feel as good as I normally felt and people would just walk with me and they just all treated me normal. Just, you know, just, they didn't act like I had anything weird or any kind of weird disease. But I remember Courtney coming over to the house because we had, We used to meet every Friday morning and do a a trail run every Friday morning from my house. And I remember I had a a kidney biopsy that day, and so I couldn't run with them. And they came over and, yeah, went for a run and came back, and we had coffee and chit-chatted just like normal. That was my support group.
0: That's so lovely and so important to have that kind of friendship and
1: system in your life with people
0: you can count on. So did you two meet in running club?
1: we did. Yes, we met back in seeing the Facebook post now that the memories that come up and it looks like it was back in 2015 that we met through a we showed up one morning to a to a group run and Courtney was there and I remember she was training for I think New York at the time and we chit-chatted and that's where it all started.
0: That's wonderful. Well, Courtney, I want to talk to you a little bit as well. How long have you been a runner? It sounds like you're an accomplished runner as well, if you were running in New York.
2: (laughs) Well, thank you. Um, Yeah, I started running back in the summer of 2013. So coming up on,
0: gosh, nine years. So in this running community, what did that mean for you, being part of this community? I absolutely
2: love the running community. Before I I started trying to run back in 2013, I was never very active, never played any team sports, never did anything like that, set out to try to start running just as a personal challenge to myself. And lo and behold, the running community is amazing, full of amazing people that are so kind and so friendly and so encouraging. And it really just sucked me right in. And now I can't imagine my life without
0: all of those people in it and that support. So when Tracy was diagnosed and started talking a little bit about her kidney disease, did you know anything about kidney disease? Had you ever thought about kidney donation? So no, I didn't know anything about kidney disease. And
2: to be quite honest, even when Tracy, you know, first mentioned her issues and kind of what she was going through, I mean, I had no idea <laughs> what she was talking about, or honestly, even how serious it was or could get or, you know, how that might progress down the road. So no, I I really had no idea. And at that point, had not even ever really considered being a kidney donor. So yeah, it was not on my radar at all.
0: So how did this come about? Did Tracy ask you to become a donor? Did you hear something? Tell me a a little bit about the decision to donate.
2: Back in, gosh, it was 2019, towards the end of 2019, Tracy's husband had made a post on Facebook Um, And I really didn't know, you know, right before then how serious things had gotten for her, but he did make a public plea on Facebook for Tracy that she was going to need a living kidney donor, that they were, you know, starting the process to look for that. As soon as I read that post, I just knew in my heart that it was absolutely something I was willing to do. And so I immediately took the steps to fill out the survey through the Mayo Clinic to become a potential donor and never looked back, never hesitated, never doubted that if it came down to that, of course, I would give her my
0: kidney. That's amazing. Did you have any concerns about your own health when making this decision? (laughs) I probably should have. (laughs) Um, No. I mean, I guess
2: I just... I just knew that things would go well and would work out the way they should. And no, I, I didn't worry about it one bit.
0: That's incredible. Were your family and friends supportive as well? Completely. That's wonderful. When you were going through the process, did the physicians or the surgeons talk to you about how your health would be impacted at all? And if so, what did they say?
2: Sure. And yeah, we, we discussed that. Luckily, as a living donor, the impacts to my health and my lifestyle were, I mean, honestly, very minimal. I would say the biggest adjustment I have had to make is uh, not taking any ibuprofen when when I get sore or, or have issues in that regard. But other than that, I mean, I obviously had to take some time off from physical activity and running after the surgery. But I really have, you know, gotten back to normal very quick. I hadn't had to adjust my diet or anything any. It's been very seamless for me. That's
0: fantastic. I love to hear that. Tracy, how did it feel when you learned that Courtney was going to be your donor?
1: It was one of those moments that you can't believe. You can't believe that somebody will step up like that and donate an organ for you. So it was a big deal. I got the call from her. I think it was on Valentine's Day of 2020. She said, "Guess what? I'm going to donate a kidney to you. I was I was approved and I'm a match." And I had this feeling of, "Wow, this is going to happen." And I can't believe it. And then you feel, "Wow, she, how do I ever say thank you? How do I ever repay this?" It was one of those feelings, kind of you're kind of torn. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I got to tell you, I'm,
0: I'm tearing up hearing about this. It's just, it's so incredible and so beautiful um, to have someone to step up for you in that way. I'm sure. So when was the transplant? You got the call from Courtney on Valentine's day. When were you able to, to go
1: into surgery? They wanted to schedule it, I think pretty quick And I remember Courtney and I having a a discussion about, she had some plans on the books and we were trying to kind of work around that. So she said, you know, the sooner the better for her. And it was scheduled for March the 4th of 2020, which was terrifying to me in a sense, because I kind of wanted to just wait, like maybe, maybe we should just wait this out. And I wasn't on dialysis yet, but I was getting very close. So I knew that the transplant needed to happen. But yes, it, it got scheduled on March the 4th of 2020.
0: That's fantastic. So happy anniversary. As of this recording, you've, you've had two years
1: post-transplant. Is that right? Yes. This was year two.
0: So what was recovery like for both of you?
1: You want me to go first, Courtney? Sure. Okay. Recovery for me was actually... I think better than Courtney's recovery. She said that it wasn't that bad for her, but had the surgery and was sore the next day, you know, waking up in the hospital and just being pretty sore and trying to, trying to move. But I just knew that the sooner I got up and, and walked around and, and just kind of pushed through a little bit of that, the better it was going to be. So I, I was home in two days and so I had the surgery on a Wednesday, was home Friday evening. I just rested some, but then I would walk and and make myself get up and walk around the neighborhood a little bit. And so recovery went pretty smooth for me. I really didn't have too too many struggles with that. Getting used to the medication was was a, a little bit of a challenge, but it wasn't terrible.
0: Well, that's fantastic. What about for you, Courtney?
2: <laughs> and i i agree with tracy i didn't think recovery was that bad at all um after surgery on wednesday i went home on thursday i was at my little sister's baby shower that following saturday so two days later <laughs> and yeah much like tracy the the runners out there will completely understand we are a stubborn lot and giving up that physical activity is not an easy thing to do. So much like Tracy, I was out and about and walking and and doing what I could within reason, of course, walking the neighborhood and and just staying active, which I think had a huge, huge part in our quick recoveries.
0: Well, it sounds like for both of you, running is a huge part of your routine. So was that hard to to stop running for a period of time? And how long after the transplant did you get back to it?
1: you want me to go, Courtney? Go for it. All right. So for me, I had to stop running in 2019. In June of 2019 is when everything just took a turn for me because my kidney function was around 30% after taking all the prednisone and being on immunosuppressive drugs beforehand. And then my blood pressure went crazy and then the kidney function just dropped. And the next thing I know I'm in the hospital and they're telling me that your kidney function is 14% right now. And, um, I had to make a decision at that time. Okay. I've got to, I've got to pull back. I've got to stop and, and figure out where I'm going with this. And so that's kind of when I stopped running and it was so difficult, especially when everything you do with, with your friends is, is running related. And that's your that's your social outlet, and so yeah, that was that was a challenge. But I knew that I would just keep doing what I could do, exercise wise, and I would go out to the trail and see my friends off, and they would run with my dog because my dog was used to running, and so they would take him out for me and, and bring him back and burn the crazy off. And um, <laughs> and then yeah, and then after the after the transplant, I was down for probably early April. I started biking and running a little bit. And then I did a little event in May and then by the summer. Yeah. I mean, I was back to running full time.
0: That's incredible. What about you, Courtney? Yeah, I
2: took about uh, three and a half weeks off of running after the surgery. (laughs) Um, and yeah, I got right back to it and um, I actually ran a half marathon 2 months after the surgery. Oh my gosh. So, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't down for very long. Wow, I don't think
0: I could run a half marathon if I started training now. I don't think I could do it a year from now. So to do it <laughs> 3 and a, or 2 months after major surgery is incredible. So you're both running the Chicago Marathon together this year. How does it feel to to run that race I assume side by side.
1: Go for it, Tracy. Me first. Okay. I am I'm so excited and I'm looking forward to it. We haven't really talked about what our plan is that day, but I I am stuck to Courtney. She can't get rid of me now. So <laughs> everything she does, I'm pretty much like, "Oh, I want to do that too." So, yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. Join the Team Kidney, which I'm super excited about and can't wait to meet some of those people. And I've already asked Courtney, you know, hey, you know, you want to come along and yeah, meet these people too. So I'm excited.
0: Wonderful. What about you, Courtney?
2: It should be amazing. I love to run these, these big marathons anyway, and to have Tracy there and to run it together. I think it'll be super special. And I can't wait.
0: Can't wait for that day. It's so much fun to go out just to cheer on the runners during the marathon. It's, an, I'm kind of an emotional person already, but I cry the entire time watching people just do this amazing feat and have so many people supporting them. So I can't imagine how much more powerful it would be just to for the two of you to run side by side. I'll definitely be there cheering you on and boo-hooing the whole time. (laughs) That'll be awesome. That will
1: be so great. And this will be my first marathon back since since all the kidney transplant. So I'm looking forward to it. scared, but looking forward to it. Are you two training together? Go ahead, Courtney. Oh, yeah.
2: No, we definitely are. We've been... (laughs) We've been running together, and we are actually also tackling a, a half Ironman together this summer as well. So we are, like Tracy said, we're we're stuck together at this point. Yeah, you two are
0: unstoppable, Courtney. What advice do you have for other runners or athletes of any kind to encourage them to become living donors? I would say
2: don't be scared, but I, I completely understand. You know, especially for a lot of people, that the thought of Having surgery willingly and giving up a, a, an organ is, is a frightening thought, but I would encourage them to really just consider it, especially if they personally know someone who needs a donation. It's such an amazing experience and so wonderful to know that I was able to, to help Tracy get her life back and her health back, and now I get to spend time with her doing what we both love, and it's completely worth it
0: completely worth it. Tracy, what advice do you have for others who are living with kidney disease or maybe waiting for a transplant?
1: I would say stay as positive as you can. And I know that you can get in your head and that there are ups and there are downs, but there are are more ups than downs in this journey. And I've also realized that having had this happen to me the people that I've met since then have had truly amazing stories everybody has a unique and an incredible story to hear and I have joined up with the community alliance Translate community alliance here in Arizona and I've become one of the mentors for that group and just talking to people so what I tell them is just try to stay as positive as you can and just know that, um, you know that you'll get through it, you will.
0: And it sounds like sharing your story is an important part of that. Um, leaning on your network and and
1: reaching out to your support system when things are hard. And that is so true, Sarah. And I've always been kind of a private person. And so it was hard for me to talk about this and to tell people what happened and what, what I was going through. But now it's, it's just part of who I am. And it's just, it's my journey. And in, in talking about it, you meet so many other people who know somebody who's going through this or who has been through it, or maybe they're going through it too. So it's just been really an eye-opener. and I, I, I really enjoy the people that I'm getting to know.
0: I've really enjoyed speaking with both of you. I want to thank you so much for coming on and talking about your friendship and uh, sharing about your, your passion, your mutual passion, and how you've deepened that friendship through Living Donation. I really appreciate you sharing your stories with us.
1: We appreciate you having us. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks to our guests Tracy Wingo and Courtney Bullock for sharing their story of friendship and living donation with us. If you'd like to learn more about becoming a living donor or running with Team Kidney, visit the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois website at nkfi.org. I'm Sarah-Jane Castro, and this is The Journey Continues. Prevention is a key part of our mission at NKFI. That's why at the end of each episode, Dr. Melissa Prest offers a health or nutrition tip.
3: Here's today's health tip about exercise and physical activity. Everyone can benefit from moving their bodies daily. 30 to 60 minutes a day of some form of activity is recommended for its health benefits. Exercise has been shown to help with weight management and combat health conditions and diseases like heart disease, high blood pressure, strokes, diabetes, arthritis, depression, and anxiety. Exercise can increase your energy level, promote better sleep, and can actually be fun. Your exercise routine should include a variety of movement that gets your heart rate up and encourages you to use your muscles. Flexibility is also important so that you can move your joints through a full range of motion. Walking, jogging, jumping rope, climbing stairs, hiking, riding a bike, swimming and rowing are exercises that get your heart pumping. Lifting weights or using exercise bands can be a great way to strengthen your muscles. And yoga or Tai Chi movements are great at increasing your flexibility. Whenever starting an exercise program, talk with your healthcare provider to discuss which types of exercises are most appropriate for you. Start slow and gradually increase your time and intensity. While 30 to 60 minutes a day is the recommendation, start where you can. Maybe it's 10 minutes a day and continue to work until you get to the goal of 30 to 60 minutes. Always pay attention and listen to your body. If you feel dizzy, faint or ill, stop exercising and follow up with your provider. With today's health tip, I'm Melissa Prest, a registered dietitian nutritionist and the foundation dietitian for the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois.
0: The Journey Continues is brought to you by the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois and sponsored by Donate Life Illinois. To learn more about kidney disease and living donation, visit www.nkfi.org. To register to become an eye, tissue, and organ donor, visit lifegoeson.com. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please subscribe to and leave a review for The Journey Continues in Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen. This podcast is produced by Rivet. To hear more great podcasts, visit rivet360.com.